Last week, Georgia passes a heartbeat bill restricting abortion severely. On Tuesday, Alabama bans abortions, including pregnancies caused by rape and incest. Next week, Missouri is voting on their own anti-abortion bill, a modified heartbeat bill. I guess today we're going to be talking about abortion. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Some laws have been passed in the last couple, in a couple of states that are going to change challenge Roe versus Wade, uh, the rule ruling that legalized abortion. It was a crappy ruling, but it still it made it law. The first law is known as the Heartbeat Bill in Georgia. This bill will ban abortion once the heartbeat of a fetus can be detected, which can be as early as six weeks. Opponents of the bill are already threatening to take the state to court. The bill was signed uh, by Governor Brian Kemp, so it is now law. Anyone breaking that law would be subject to a 10-year prison sentence. The law, the bill does not expressly say who actually can be prosecuted for abortions, whether it is the woman having the abortion or the doctor or both. Um this leaves many to speculate what will happen when someone actually has an abortion after six, after uh, six weeks. Rape and incest victims are exempt from the law, so they can have abortions. This was the strongest anti-abortion bill in the United States until yesterday afternoon, until, excuse me, Tuesday afternoon. On Wednesday, Governor Kate Ivey of Alabama signed a bill that outlawed or abortion altogether. Even rape and incest are not exceptions to the bill. So you cannot actually uh, have an abortion if you are raped. With this law, a little bit different, women would not be prosecuted for abortions, only the abortion doctors. The penalty for breaking the abortion law could be up to 99 years in prison. It's the it's actually 10 to 99 years. Ivy said this bill which which will surely be challenged and the bill will probably be unenforceable, unenforceable in the short term. Expectations are that uh, this bill will go all the way to the Supreme Court. And this is the one that would actually challenge Roe versus Wade. There have been many reactions to this, as you can well expect, expect, especially by the right. Um, on my website, dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, uh, Tucker Carlson really had a nice piece. Uh, it, you actually can see that in um, the show notes there. Uh, I have some cuts from the media, uh, which includes uh, an interview on CNN, an interview, uh, the gals talking on The View, and finally, the genius of the uh movie industry, Alyssa Milano. My feeling is that there are things we can do. For people who want to protest for these laws. For people who want to like protest. What? Yeah. First of all, we can talk to the men in our lives uh, and figure out who are the men that are not supporting this. We can contribute to Planned Parenthood. We can go and and say this, this isn't what we want. This 
really, really, it is the most restrictive law yet for abortion. Why not do something on a larger scale? Dr. Peggy Dretzler, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Can we look at a picture of the uh, panel of, uh, of men who did this? In Alabama? There it yeah. is. Yeah. What are the, gee, what do they have in common? Well, I think there were, weren't They're there four men, women? All white there guys. four women on there? Not here. They are, all white yeah. guys. Maybe we should make up a law that they should all be required to get a vasectomy. That group in particular. I don't think there's a human on the planet that is not pro-life. Nobody wants to get an abortion. Nobody. We are all pro-life. But there are circumstances that we cannot avoid. There's the mother's health. Um, there's just not being ready, you know, and, and what that means financially and for someone's destiny. This is an economic issue. Uh, the reason I included Alyssa Milano on there is because she was actually being interviewed on CNN. So, um, but again, it's not just uh, it's not just the media that is flipping out. Uh, the presidential candidates, of course, have to protect killing babies. So uh, Bernie Sanders started it off. The Alabama Senate voted to outlaw nearly all abortions. These hypocrites decry big government, yet they want to control every aspect of a woman's body, private decisions, and futures. Our job is to fight at every step to protect reproductive rights. Um, that's not a real shock. Uh, I may be wary, way off, but murder has always been a crime, and the government doesn't want to control the bodies of women. They don't want to kill a separate body that is grow. Uh, they don't want women to kill the separate body that is growing within them. Murder is a private decision, and that's illegal too. So I'm not exactly sure, and I keep saying this that you're killing a baby when we kill when you have an abortion and it whether you like it or not whether it's a a rape incest whatever it happens to be um it is a baby and we're gonna actually go over that a little bit later on so if i keep saying something trust me i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna prove it to you then there's uh, Ilhan Omar. Of course, this is just a weird one. She tweeted, Reproductive freedom... By the way, these are all tweets. Reproductive freedom and, and the constitutional right to an abortion is under attack in many states across the nation. We must fight back against these blatant efforts to restrict and criminalize ab abortion. She's not exactly saying anything controversial or different from anyone else. Um... The reason I brought this up, there were two things that I really need to point uh, point out. Abortion is not a constitutional right. Abortion is not mentioned anywhere in the Constitution. When we talk about Roe versus Wade, Roe versus Wade got it wrong. And they got it wrong probably more because they didn't know the science or wanted to ignore the science. But they, did, they got it wrong. And it wasn't based on, there's nothing in the Constitution that says anything about abortion. I think the Founding Fathers would absolutely have been blown away if they had known that the constitu their Constitution today is being read that means killing babies in the womb. The second 
thing that really bothers me about this tweet is I, I used to this is this is true I used to live with a Muslim family I, I lived with a Muslim family for about a year I still keep in contact with them and they're a devout Muslim family they're they're actually quite orthodox um, the woman wears a burqa they pray whatever six times a day um, uh, they pray at six in the morning at daylight I mean they are an extreme they they've actually got on a uh, uh, on a what do they call that a pilgrimage to Mecca so they they are they are very very um, they're very very orthodox uh, you want to know what's really weird Muslims don't believe in abortion either Muslims are very much against abortion yet she's this this high and mighty but Muslim and saying hey I'm for abortion. Here's a newsflash. I'm a Catholic. I'll never mention this again. I'm very much against my Catholic religion. Gives me a reason I need to be against abortion. And a lot of my research in this was based off the fact I can't argue abortion with somebody who isn't Catholic. So I'll, you'll never hear me talk about my religion and abortion. So she's kind of being a hypocrite here is what I'm basically coming down to. And finally, what would reading Twitter's uh, tweets be if I didn't have the intellectual powerhouse of the left, AOC? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted, Abortion bans aren't just controlling women's bodies. They're about controlling women's sexuality, owning them. For limiting birth control to banning comprehensive sex ed, U.S. religious fundamentalists, are working hard to outlaw sex that falls outside their theology. And, and there's a lot in this tweet. So far, she has she has demonized the patriarchy because they're going to be controlling sexuality. She has made women into victims, made women into slaves. Um she has demonized religious religion again of course they've got to demonize religion and she's demonized religion because they're outlawing sex religion is very pro-sex as a matter of fact in catholicism at least they want you to have sex why does catholicism want you to have sex they want you to have children now i don't know i'm assuming aoc is a either an atheist or an agnostic, but that at means makes absolutely not sense. Now, Catholicism doesn't ban sex when you're not married. It's just very highly recommended, highly, uh, highly discouraged, but you should be responsible, too. So she put in quite a bit in there. Um, I, I, find, I find she's just so far out. Uh, in the end, uh, the media and the left, but I repeat myself, are exa acting exactly as expected. With the outrage, the victimhood, the blame on religion, and the patriarchy, they're just absolutely terrible at their jobs. So, with that being said, let's, let's go on to... By the way, I think I said... Uh, presidential candidates I actually meant politicians in general um, I actually do have a couple of uh, 
cuts from them, but I, I'm not going to use them. I've changed my mind because they're just they're craziness. The case against abortion. Let's talk about this. Why is abortion wrong? Um, there are a bunch of reasons at, that seem to really be always always be used to the left to justify abortion. Let's go through them. But first, the baby is part of the woman's body, and therefore she cannot do what she wants with her own body. That's the first one. It's as if the baby, the growing baby, is like her appendix or something. I have heard a baby being referred to as a glob of cells. I've heard him being compared to cancer. This is the furthest from the truth. And by the way, this is the big one where Roe versus Wade is just dead wrong. Even at conception, the newly conceived baby, is newly conceived child, or in this case embryo, is a separate and developing human being. And it's not because the Bible say so, says so. Science says so. Let's go over some of that science. During conception, the zygote or embryo, I think they're one and the same, already has the DNA of the mother, the DNA of the father, but the DNA of the zygote doesn't match either of them. Okay? For example, if I look at if I look at the DNA of that little of that little what they call a glob of cells, it's not, it's actually an, a, a zygote at that point going into a, growing into an embryo. It actually has separate DNA from the mother. And that DNA is put together by the mother and the father. Heck, sex is not the sex of the baby is not determined by the mother. The sex of the baby is determined by the father. It depends on what sperm actually hits that cell. So right off the bat, it's already proven as a separate human being, and that is non-negotiable, non-arguable science. We know, we found out about this. We confirmed this way back in 1978, five years after Roe versus Wade, unfortunately, when we created our first test tube baby. What is a test tube baby? It's actually called in vitro fertilization. We use it all the time today. This is when the sperm of a man is combined with the ovum of a woman and let the conception happened for six days. Once that six days occurs, then that oh, then the zygote is actually implanted into a woman, not even the woman, a woman. This is absolute, undoubted proof that that, ba that life is separate from the woman. We do not need that woman who got pregnant Anything, her her ovum does not need to be in her body for it for it to be create to create a baby. If I remove the lung of a woman, this may not be a great analogy, but I think it gets to the point. And I put that lung on a table. That lung is not going to grow. That appendix is not going to keep pumping blood. If I pull a heart from that woman and put it on the table, it's not going to keep pumping. Why? Those are parts of her body. Some are important, the heart and the lung, some not, the appendix, tonsils. But the reality is, you can take that, you can fertilize a ovum, and it'll sit out and continue to grow for six days. 
probably longer, but I don't think they need it any longer. At two weeks, the zygote already has a heart. The heart beats. The heart can be seen. It can't be detected through sound, but it can be seen. When uh, women have been opened up, then they see the baby. The baby actually, you can actually see the heart, and you can actually see the um, the blood flowing through the baby because the skin is so translucent. I, I've seen pictures of this. Uh, though undetectable, uh, the organs and the brain are developing. So the organs are being are growing. The brain is already starting, and there are buds where the arms and legs are going to be. At six weeks, which is when most women discover that they're pregnant. The baby has a detectable heartbeat, arms, legs, it has a brain, though it's still developing, um, and it has all its internal organs. It's, it's a human being at this point. At 13 weeks, the, the, fe- the fetus has, it becomes the embryo has become a fetus at this point, and it has passed the miscarriage stage. It has fingers and toes, and it starts to move a lot. It starts reacting when when uh, starts reacting when there's something moving or or if you poke on a woman's stomach, it sometimes the baby will move. From tw- uh, at about 22 to 24 weeks, though the mortality is high, it is possible for the baby to survive outside of the womb. As a matter of fact, the youngest recorded baby was uh, I believe it was 21 weeks. Fi- uh, 21 weeks was the youngest. Now, again, the mortality is high, but, but right off the bat, the baby can survive. Why? Because the child is not, not a, a, a body part like a woman. The, the child is a growing, living being. The child has a brain very early. This has been acknowledged by every major medical association in the world that life begins at conception. It was proven with the test tomb baby. It has been proven through DNA. Our te- as our technology has gotten higher, the proof has become more, uh, it, it, the proof has become greater. Now, all this stuff is known. The left, which is, which is so science conscious when it comes to the environment, basically ignores science when it comes to biology so they can hold their narrative. This probably shouldn't be that surprising since uh, these people think that men can be women and women can be men. This probably isn't that surprising because the science that use, they use says the world is going to blow up in 12 years. Be this because... Be this is more dangerous to abortion. Ignoring the science is important because if they don't ignore the science, they, they can't have abortion. They'll have to acknowledge it. Let's talk about the legal reason why abortion is legal today, and that's from Roe versus Wade back in 1973. Seven judges, the ruling came seven to two, um, banning, uh, believing that banning abortion was unconstitutional because of the right to privacy, which is the 14th Amendment, needed to be extended to the fetus or the unborn child. The the judges never considered the unborn child a separate and distinct human being, but as an appendage to the woman. An appendage much like the appendix along the heart we talked about a few minutes ago. Now, I will give these folks a little bit of a break because I don't think they really knew the science like they did. Remember, the test tube baby, 
was five years later, and DNA was not DNA was not discovered for uh, I think a decade after that. So let's give them that break. Now, where I'm not going to give them the break, well, I'm not going to give them the break, is that if the baby, let's just say you don't have any idea whether that's a baby or not, whether that's a separate human being or not, wouldn't you want to put it on the side of well? Let's assume it's a baby, and we can change our minds when we learn different. Because if we dis- if they discover in absolute fashion that that is a separate human being, and you are killing babies, these guys basically just voted to m- voted for murder. A lot of folks consider this ruling so bad; they consider it just as bad as Dred, Dred-, uh, Dred Scott. Dred Scott, which basically was. Uh, uh, the Supreme Court approving of systemic racism. Even, this is not a strong law. This is not a strong argument. It's actually very a very weak argument. And it's simply because there are... Abortion is never mentioned in the Constitution. And even liberal law experts... Um, uh, Dave, um, is it Dershowitz? I can't remember his first name. Michael Dershowitz, I believe his name is. Um, even he says it's a really weak law, and it will be overturned one day. But it, it's just one that is really bad. It, it's just got to go away. Find another law. The other really weak argument is that abortion is a, a constitutional right. I just made that. It's not. It's not in the Constitution. So it's a really bad argument. I'm just going to move on with that. There's an or uh, there's another argument that the baby is actually not a baby until sentience. Now sentience means it has brain activity. It can actually think and reason and things of that nature, or it has uh, awareness of its surroundings. Um, this argument basically dismisses the light. Um, this argument is a crap argument. An unborn baby feels pain, reacts to stimulus, and has brain activity. Because a baby can't say, don't kill me, or a baby can't see what's outside the womb doesn't mean it isn't human. Uh, the other, uh, 30, a 30-week 30 fetus is as sentient as a five-day-old baby. I know this. I had a 30-week baby. And she was just as sentient as my 38-week baby when she came out of the womb. This also gives another argument is, okay, so why does coming out in the air suddenly mean you're sentient? Babies still are pretty blind when they come out. They, they can sort of hear. They're not real aware of their surroundings. What's the difference between a baby that is five days before birth, before being born, and five days after being born? That's a serious question because there are a lot of folks that are actually asking those questions. And it's scary that they're saying, you know, a baby can be born, a botched abortion, for example, and they let the baby die. Well, wait a minute, according to your law, the baby's sentient. Um, Also, if we don't have... If we can kill someone because they're not sentient... What about people in comas? What about deep sleepers? What about those who have uh, Alzheimer's disease? 
and I, I know it's a kind of a big joke between sleeping deeply, but sleeping deeply, I know people that sleep deeply. You can't wake them up. They are not sentient at that point. They're not aware of their surroundings to the point where you push them and they, they won't move. It's a stupid argument, so I'm just going to move on. But here it is, and I, I heard this argument, and it, it drove it drives me absolutely crazy, and it's the economic argument. What if I can't afford the baby? What about my career? What about the world the baby is coming into? This is a... It, the economic argument may sound pretty strong, but it's not. It's a lifestyle argument. My lifestyle is going to change. I'm going to have to economically support this baby. I'm not going to be... My career is not going to go where I want it to go. My boyfriend might leave me. Things like that. By the way, the boyfriend leaving thing... I, 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 I'm divorced. I have four kids. I had to pay child support... Uh, trust me, they can they can get you can recover money from someone else. Okay, these are not good excuses for killing a child. Because I might discover after a week that this baby is costing me a lot. It's costing me a lot of time. I have to take a lot of time off of work. Again, what's stopping you from killing that baby then? It's it's just it's a very bad argument. You cannot, one cannot put lifestyle in front of human beings. It's disgusting, it's lazy, it's selfish. And all of these things can be said after the baby is born. Rape and incest has always been a, this is a tough one. And I, I really hate this argument. I hate when the lefties bring this argument up to me. And I, every time I blow them away. The first thing when someone comes to me and says, "Well, what about uh, what about uh, women who are raped or incest victims, or women who are, or this is a good one, women who could be harmed or could die if they have the baby?" Let's get this straight. Even the Catholic religion and the Jewish religion, for that matter, both religions are extremely against abortion will always put the woman's life in front of the baby's life. Always. They will always do it. So when you hear that, uh, you hear the two big arguments are, um, what if the woman's, woman's going to die? You won't, she can't get abortion? That's stupid. Catholics believe, yes, you, say, you, you save that woman. And if you have to have it through abortion, you have to have it through abortion. And the other stupid argument I always hear about is, well, you have one five-year-old girl and you have 10,000, uh, um, 10,000, what do they call it, fertilized ovums there. What do you do? Save the 10,000 or save the girl? One of them has to die. That is a stupid question, too. You save the girl. The little girl is alive. That's, that's common sense. That's, that is supported in the Catholic Church. That is supported in Judaism, which was also extremely anti-abortion. Okay, so these that those are stupid questions. And by the way, that also happens very rarely. It's just not a good argument. Rape and incest are also bad arguments. So when you're someone's debating you and you say rape and incest, you would you know what you said tell them? Yeah, okay. 
Well, rape and incest make up less, and I hear it's substantially less, than 1% of abortions. It is such a small statistic, it's not even relevant. So what I tell them is, do me a favor. If we can agree, I will legal. I will... I will agree we should legalize um, abortions for rape and incest victims if that's what they want, but we outlaw the other 99.3%. And you know what they always say? Well, I don't agree with that. Okay, so why did you bring it up? You believe in abortion for all. It's a stupid argument. The other, and the other reason the left always brings this up is because it brings the most emotional heart-wrenching stories right to the front, even though those emotional heart-wrenching stories are completely irrelevant, okay? They're statistically irrelevant, and they're not part of the deal. It's the other 99.3% of the abortions, which are basically done, 99.3% of the abortions that are done for lifestyle reasons, okay? Life choice reasons. They just don't want a baby at this moment. Now, here's something that I'm not sure I completely believe in, but I do completely understand. There is an argument that rape and incest are actually not relevant arguments. They're just not relevant arguments. The baby is still a baby. How it got there doesn't make any difference. You're still killing another human being. That seems like a very cold, emotional, emotionless statement, and it is. Okay, but it's a reasonable statement. I'm not here to be emotional. You get enough of that crap on Twitter. It is a it is a reasoned argument. How the baby got there is irrelevant. It's a baby and it's there. And the moral questions do not change simply because the circumstance of how that baby got there. Now I have a I'm reading a, a great book. It's called the. Um, uh, what is it called? It's called the, uh, golly, I can't remember what the it's called. Well, it's a book by Mark Madsen. Hold on, I'm going to look. Well, darn, I can't find the thing. Oh, it's sitting right next to me. Okay, I guess I'm going to have to cut this part out. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. And yes, he actually says the F word. Uh, it's by Mark Manson. And Mark Manson had a great, an absolutely great, understanding he wasn't making an abortion argument this was just a general argument he said uh he basically said crappy things happen to people it may not be your fault but now it's probably going to switch make it your responsibility an example of that would be uh i'll give you a prime example is my son dying it's not my fault my son died i didn't kill him i didn't do it but it's my responsibility to deal with my mental state to deal with my children to deal with everything else what my Sid son what my son dying was completely unfair is terrible but it is my responsibility to deal with it unfortunately it's that same argument when it comes to abortion and incest becoming pregnant from abortion and incest now again I'm not a hundred percent sure I buy that whole thing I think there could be an argument that the health of the mother in this case could actually be in danger if she has to deal with this emotionally. So, and that that's really the argument I have on it, but it is something to think about. 
So uh, the big question now is what happens now? <laughs> We've got two laws passed. We've got um, already an existing law in Ohio. We've got another two more laws coming in Missouri and in um, Missouri. Uh, I think there's laws now in Georgia, Mississippi, and Ohio. You've got uh, you have uh, Michigan and uh, Missouri about to pass their own laws, and they're going to be extremely tough. What's going to happen is probably not a lot. Okay. Uh, first off, these cases, when these become laws, when these apps become laws, they are going to court. They're going to be challenged, and they're going to be struck down because what a lot of fo- a lot of folks do is they um, go they court pick. Okay, they cherry pick courts. They go to a liberal court. The court strikes it down. This will probably these laws will probably be challenged in the Supreme Court. The Alabama law, which is really strong, is a big question mark. Uh, it's an extreme bill, and I'm not so sure our Supreme Court's going to want to hear it. Uh, when we talk about Alito and um, you talk about the conservative justices, the three there are three ultra conservative justices on the court, but um, and of course you've got. Three pretty concern. You got uh, four pretty cons- uh, liberal justices. The other two justices that are the wild cards, and I can't believe with all the BS that had happened during his during his um, ascension into the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh and John Roberts are really the questionable ones. This is why I wanted Trump to pick Amy Barrett. Amy, I, I just, God, I wanted Amy Barrett in there, not Kavanaugh. He was the most liberal of the three, most moderate of the group he had in his six-person list. Um, I think John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh, they respect the Constitution. They love the Constitution, but they also respect precedence. And I think they're going to have a hard time overruling uh, the Supreme Court. So I think what's going to end up happening with the Alabama law is the Supreme Court on a uh, at a stretch of at a uh, ruling of six to three will probably not hear the case and the anti-abortion deal will lose in the lower courts. What could be interesting is actually the Missouri law. The Missouri law is a lot more flexible than um, the Alabama law but more restrictive than the Georgia law. And the, the uh, Missouri, Missouri law actually gives movement if the courts strike down certain portions of it. For example, they, the heartbeat bill says initially 16 weeks. And then if, it, if something happens, like a court strikes it, okay, we'll just raise it to 18 weeks. And if another court strikes well, we'll raise it to 20 weeks. Uh, this bill also does not penalize rape and incest victims. This is something that probably is going to be um, go. It's going to be fought and it will be rejected. But I have a feeling it will also find its way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court will probably hear it. Now, in the end, here's the kicker: uh, abortion's not going to be banned. It's not going to be made illegal. California, New York, the the freaking nut job states that want, you know, abortion up to, uh, abortion up to 
the baby's head in the birth canal. That crazy stuff is still going to happen no matter what happens with these laws. These are state-based laws. So Georgia's law is not going to pass over to New York. And the Supreme Court is not going to overturn rule, um, uh, turn row. It, 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 the abortion is not going anywhere. Okay. But it could, these rulings actually could really limit abortion. They may say, yeah, you have to really, you really shouldn't have an abortion after 16, after six weeks. Because right now I believe it's uh, 20 weeks is, is really the base or 16 to 20 weeks. And you know something? That's a win. That's what we need to do. We need to go out and we need to actually just chip away at abortion until it finally becomes something that really goes away. And uh, I have four kids. I've never gotten a woman pregnant that I didn't mean to get pregnant. I've always been responsible with my children. I still have relationships with my children. I took care of them all the way through their lives. I think it's a wonderful feeling. And I think a lot of people just don't understand that, <laughs> hey, you see all this stuff. You see your children. You see them grow up. I couldn't even imagine aborting one. Well, that's it. That was a pretty heavy podcast. Sorry I didn't make it funny. I hope you listened to the one yesterday because I'm sorry I was I was laughing. I haven't actually written the blog post yet. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool. That's R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. And uh, visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. This is Gene, and you have a nice night. <laughs>